You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for Monday, May the 4th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you here on Daybreak three times per week. And on this Monday, we're joined by Alabama team reporter for BOL. That's Charlie Potter, of course, coming off another, well, uneventful weekend in terms of live sports action. But I'm guessing Charlie made good use of this weather. Great weather we're having, Charlie, if nothing else here in West Central Alabama. An opportunity to get out and about a little bit. Yeah, it, the weird thing is, is I mean, I guess it's because I'm just not going outside that much. Uh, we've tried to stay as active as possible, and the wife and I have. Uh, but up until like this weekend, it hasn't really been that hot. I mean, it was in the mid-80s, so that's not you know hot for Alabama standards. But it's been really nice and enjoyable. We uh, we got the bikes out on Sunday and, and rode from our house to campus. That's about like a, a 12-mile uh, trek. And just taking your time and, and enjoying the, the weather and, and how nice it is outside. So, yeah, it was uh, a weekend well spent. It wasn't that busy, but I don't think a lot of them are going to be busy from here and uh, heading into the summer. Yeah, it's another one of those weekends in Tuscaloosa, lost weekend. When you talk about it, it was supposed to be graduation for the spring yeah. semester. We've already had a day a couple of weeks earlier that has gone by the boards and you just the financial hit, the economic hit for the town and uh, everything else, you know, that that number's growing exponentially. It seems like by each and every one of these weekends that we were supposed to have. But you're right. It was an opportunity to get outside. I know our two daughters, they've been they've probably been on the lake or down at the lake as much in the month of April into May than they've been in the last four summers combined. So they're making good use of those opportunities and uh, getting out, trying to stay active, like you said. And then, you know, with the uh, with the on demand, with the streaming services, uh, I'm back into the Sopranos rabbit hole for a third time now going through it again. Uh, but we've got billions cranking back up on Showtime. Uh, that last dance doc with yep. Michael Jordan and uh, the rest of that crew continues to be a, a hit. So we've got ways to kind of stay occupied. We're, we're more interested, though, in getting back to some sense of normalcy from a live sports perspective. NASCAR is going to try to fire it back up here in a couple of weeks. PGA Tour is going to try to fire it back up in June. But in terms of sort of the tone that we're hearing from university presidents now, Stuart Bell this past week, Charlie, came out and uh, had some things to say. We, we've heard some things from, uh, you know, different angles in different areas of the United States. You put much into this expecting and planning and those type of things where a football season is concerned for the fall, or is this, is this pretty much what we, we should be hearing from the, the principals involved? Yeah, I know a lot was made out of those comments, and I put something up on it. Um, you know, Stuart Bell, the, the president of the university, uh, spoke with CBS 42, and, and they kind of, um, and, and others have, and it's basically what he said, but it's what he's supposed to say, is yeah. that, you know, they're planning on having football season. And I get it now in these days, like, you know, headlines are, headlines are one of my least favorite things to do because sometimes you could get called for trying to do clickbait or, you know, I try not to give 
anything away in the headline, but you know, make it interesting enough that you'd want to click on. I'm not trying to to sell you on something that's not there, but I don't want to give everything away in the headline. But with his comments, he didn't really say much that any of us didn't know. You know, they, you know, he he talked about how the plan is to have a season and hopefully have fans as a part of that season, and they're working towards that. Of course, when he said that, it was I believe uh, last day of April. And the games aren't until September, so he is optimistic. And that echoes everything that Greg Byrne has said, that Nick Saban has said. Um, They're planning for football season until told otherwise. And I think that's the way you have to go about it. I think, you know, the people that you look at maybe the the SEC, they're going ahead and and, um, canceling summer camps and and coaching clinics. While I know that kind of ruffles some feathers because Alabama's off to a little bit of a slow uh, recruiting start. It is surprising, but you kind of you try to do as much as you can and, and cut down on the fat. And I think making the season and the things you have to do to get ready for the season a priority is at the top of the list there. So with what he said, you know, he wasn't saying I guarantee we're going to have football games uh, at Bryant Denny this fall, but he remains optimistic and they're planning on doing that. And that's what you would expect a university president or an AD or a head coach to say, especially in a place like Alabama. Yeah, we're not talking about County High or Hillcrest or Northridge, you know, when we're talking about how you have to plan and the logistics that go into reconvening for a fall semester where you have 35, 40,000 students involved. You you have to take that approach if you're Stuart Bell or these other uh, university presidents, administrators at these large uh, academic institutions. I mean, it has to be done now. You know, whether or not it actually still happens, that that remains to be seen. But look, it's understandable, right? I mean, you've got fans, you've got college football fans right now. They are hungry for the knowledge that or the confirmation that they will, in fact, have their football in the fall. So anything that comes across as even somewhat positive, you know, folks will run with. I, I don't necessarily condemn news outlets because I think news outlets a lot of times are just reporting it as they're being told what they're, you know, what, what it is that they're, they're putting out there. But, you know, it, it's, it's understandable. I mean, the fans at this point, restless is an understatement when it comes to, you know, having a understanding of what they can expect for uh, September and beyond. Assuming there is a September and beyond, what we're going to do today in our continuing series of making the case Charlie, we're going to make the case for sophomore inside linebacker as Alabama's leading tackler. Now, if you feel like that's a real possibility that Christian Harris will do that, great. If you don't, you got someone else that you have in mind, we can go there too. But that's what we'll work off of. We'll work off Christian Harris, despite the fact that it was actually Shane Lee last year who led those freshman inside linebackers in tackles. Can you envision a scenario where Christian Harris is that guy at the end of the season when we we start counting up tackles. I think it's definitely possible, and I think that he would be the guy that's more likely on the field of the two freshmen that are returning that filled in last year because Dylan Moses is back, and if he's healthy, he's going to be your Mike linebacker. I mean, you can pencil that in today uh, with the possibility of football season you know, being altered in some way. So I think that if you look at the wheel spot, Christian Harris is someone that – you know, from last year, he, I think, of all the freshmen, especially on defense, maybe showed the most improvement from week one to the bowl game because he's a guy that came in late in the summer. He had never played the linebacker position before, and he worked his way into having uh, or giving the coaches enough confidence in him to start him 
against Duke. And I, I think that he just showed uh, the ability to close. He was one of the more athletic guys on the on the defense. You saw a lot of the times uh, he's just he pursues the football in a way that, that Shane Lee maybe doesn't or can't. And I think that he would be a, a guy that could slide in there uh, beside Dylan Moses and excel because, you know, you mentioned it last year. He finished with 63 tackles. And he went through a stretch there in the middle of the season where Alabama tried to to mix things up a little bit, play Ali Kaho in the middle, play Markel Benton uh, at the will. And, you know, he wasn't on the field. He was also, for whatever reason, being a former defensive back, not the guy on the field in dime whenever they needed that, that guy to drop back in coverage. They let Shane Lee do that. If he is the will this year, uh, I think that they could maybe, with him being more comfortable, having another year under his belt, keep him at that Mac in dime and allow a guy like Dylan Moses to slide down put his hand in the dirt and get after the quarterback. It just, there's a lot of variables that are obviously going to have to go into it. But I think that if you're looking at it, Shane Lee could be an, or not Shane Lee, Christian Harris could be an every down linebacker for Alabama this fall. And if he is, he's going to be all over the field, flying the football and rack up a lot of tackles. Yeah. A couple of those variables come to mind quickly at inside linebacker, Dylan Moses coming off the knee injury. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Shane Lee, in terms of the next step that he's able to take. And I think for a couple of different reasons, this coronavirus suspension hurts both those guys because Dylan is continuing to, to recover and rehab from that knee injury. So he doesn't have the benefit of Jeff Allen and that extensive uh, staff and the resources available to the student athletes over there off Bryant Drive. Shane Lee with the new sports science duo that Alabama has welcomed uh, during this offseason and David Ballou and Matt Ray, I think everyone kind of understood that it was going to be a critical offseason for Shane Lee as much as anything to try to get himself to a point where maybe he can play faster. He, even if it's not a, a physical uh, pickup that, that you see with Shane Lee, if, if, even if it's just a comfortability in the defense, he needs to play faster. I think everyone realizes that. But do you think that's, uh, you know, when you look at a roster and you start thinking about guys that maybe are feeling the effects of this situation because they don't have access to the program during the offseason, that that might be two of the, the top guys on the list, right? No, I completely agree. And you, you can add Josh McMillan to that list too because yeah. I know he was able to go through some things a little more um, early than, than uh, Dylan was at the end of last season, but he still is coming off of a knee injury. He suffered in the preseason as well. So I think Christian Harris is in the best position. And yeah, I, with Shane Lee, um, I think he gets bashed a lot and maybe unfairly, but he, he does like that maybe elite speed. And this offseason was important for that. Working with a guy like Dr. Matt Ray, who specializes in speed, you can go on YouTube and just look up some of the drills that he's done in the past at places like Indiana, and he helps guys get faster. That was a critical moment in time for, for Shane Lee to, to go through uh, the rest of 
uh, spring practice and the off season and work with those guys. And now he doesn't get to, I'm sure they're doing everything they can to help him. I'm sure, like you said, that uh, even though he's not in Tuscaloosa and with Jeff Allen, I'm sure there's a, a, a rehab regimen and a training regimen for both Moses and McMillan uh, to, to help them to continue to get better from those knees. But it's different than being on campus. And, and like a lot of players not having those spring practices, not having this, this off season to improve, it is going to hurt them a little bit. And I think for a guy like Christian Harris, um, it, it hurts a little because you're still getting those mental reps and those repetitions at a, li- at a position at linebacker that's still kind of new to you. But you're not someone that really has to work on a specific area like speed or getting healthy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he has those instincts where we saw sometimes that they would just flash faster than anybody else on the field. And uh, I think that'll help him in the long run. Shane Lee's interesting. You're right in terms of how his freshman season is perceived by a lot of folks. Because when you look at the numbers, Charlie, 86 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss. And, you know, I just did a top five opposing inside linebackers on Alabama's 2020 schedule. And if you just want to talk numbers, okay, I can go down the list of guys that are in my top five, like Anthony Hines, the third at Texas A&M, 73 tackles for him a year ago um, as a uh, sophomore linebacker. Now, he had 10 and a half for loss, so he had a little bit of an edge uh, over Shane Lee there. But K.J. Britt of Auburn, 69 tackles, 10 and a half for loss. Uh, Monty Rice of Georgia, 89 tackles. Henry Toa Toa, who is widely considered to be an absolute rising star at the inside linebacker position in the Southeastern Conference. 72 total tackles, five tackles for loss. I mean, when you look at the numbers anyway, Charlie, it's not like Shane Lee wasn't productive as a true freshman at arguably the toughest position to play on the field on the defensive side of the ball because of everything that goes into it. No, yeah, I I think Shane Lee uh, is obviously capable of being a college linebacker. He would have been perfect, say, 10 years ago on this Alabama defense. And I think the thing that gets overlooked a lot, too, is you you had the injuries to Moses and McMillan, and you had other linebackers on your roster. We mentioned a couple of them already, Markel Benton, Ali Cajo, Jalen Moody. But Shane Lee showed enough um, capability to run this defense, and they were able to put that on his shoulders to where it didn't go completely belly up. And I think that says a lot to him, not only to for his ability, but what's between his ears. Uh, I think he's a smart player. He just likes that elite speed that you see from the linebackers uh, of today, like a Christian Harris, like a Toa Toa. Like, those guys are a little leaner. You see that the NFL is leaning that way. But I think everything else from an intangible, intangible standpoint, Shane Lee possesses. It's just this offseason was really big on him, maybe dropping a couple pounds, getting faster, and, and things like that. That would have been really big for him. Yeah, and that that comfort level, you know, with the, all those starts and all that experience, that helps a guy play faster too. You know, when yeah. you when you when you reach that peace of mind with what your responsibilities are, and and you're able to kind of just play as a result of that, that certainly helps. But you know, a lot of people forget. You know, once we get three or four years down the line, you know, people forget Rolando McLean in 2007 wasn't a dominant player each and every week, his true freshman season. He didn't even start every game back in 2007. So uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. And and usually in retrospect, like I said, the further we get away from situations like that, I think we have a better appreciation for what some guys accomplish uh, when they're true freshmen thrust into situations like 
Shane Lee and Christian Harris. So what we're really looking at here, I guess, is that in addition to Christian Harris possessing all the physical gifts you could want and the expectation that he will still be a very prominent player there at weak side linebacker for 2020, some of this really hinges on Moses and Lee, uh, Arley at the, the Mike position, probably more than anything, Dylan Moses and, and you know, how, how close to the old Dylan he is, or if he's all the way back to the old Dylan that we saw pre-injury. Yeah. And that's really big for Alabama's success on defense because you, know, you mentioned Shaley having 86 tackles. It's because Alabama's defense was on the field a lot. They had to be uh, because yeah. they had those two freshmen running things and, they had some mistakes, and if you have that veteran presence there that knows how to line people up and knows the defense like the back of his hand, it helps them out. And if those guys can play freer, if they're not worrying uh, about having to line everybody else up, it, it helps a guy like Shane Lee get to the ball faster. Uh, Christian Harris as well. And if, if he's able to not think and just go, Christian Harris could be a monster next season. And I think that Dylan Moses's um recovery his return to the field and his effectiveness is vastly important to Alabama's success in 2020 uh, you know this week I'm starting up the most important players for the upcoming season gonna extend it a little bit because we don't know <laughs> what the future holds might even have walk-ons this year yeah yeah Dylan Moses is gonna be very close to the top of the list if not at the top of the list because he is very very important to this defense if he's if he's what he was uh, in 2018, uh, Alabama's defense is going to be a lot better. You know, it would help those, those guys, too, if there's a Quinnen Williams and or yeah. a Duran Payne type up front. You know, that's something that, as we know, Alabama had there for a pretty uh, lengthy stretch. That wasn't the case last year either in terms of a, a dominant alpha type war daddy on that defensive line. We'll see what Freddie Roach can do with that in his first year as Alabama defensive line coach. That's a podcast for another day. That's going to do it, though, for making the case for Christian Harris as Alabama's leading tackler in 2020. Charlie, as always, appreciate you taking the time. No problem, man. Always good to catch up. That's a wrap for a Monday edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. If you haven't already, give us a subscription to the podcast there at the Built by Bama online podcast. Maybe leave us a a rating, a review while you're there, we would certainly appreciate it. For Charlie Potter, Travis Schreier, hoping you have a great rest of your Monday. Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com for continuing coverage of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.